Hello, Rich Girls. Welcome back to the Old Money Podcast. It's your host, Amber Frankusen, and I am so excited because today we have the very first guest of the Old Money Podcast, and she is here to uplevel your old money life. If you are thinking about getting married, if you are engaged, if you are dating, if you're already married, this episode is for you. It is a must listen. Our guest has been on Good Morning America, BBC, CBS, Fox, CNBC, featured on The Daily Show and Cosmopolitan, In Style, Star Magazines. She's an attorney, a best-selling author, and basically a real-life Elle Woods. She is the founder of Gold Legal LLC and is dedicated to helping her ultra-high net worth clients with estate planning and speaking nationwide about women, wealth, and asset protection. The fact that we have her on the podcast today is such a gift. I'm so excited to introduce to you Natalie Alicia Goldberg. Natalie, welcome to the show. Hi, Amber. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you on here today. I just, I could not shut up about after we got off the phone last week, after talking, I was like, this is my soulmate. She has the exact same philosophy as I do on life and wealth, but you have the knowledge. You are a practicing family law attorney. Can you tell our audience a little bit about what you do? So I am a wealth attorney um, focused on the protection of money. So I actually do not do the divorce process. I'm doing the planning process so that our prenups, our postnups, our living trusts, our wills, our money, our businesses are protected to keep us out of court with more money in our pockets. I'm obsessed with that. As we know, if you're a listener to the Old Money Podcast, you know the tenants of creating an old money life are earning money, keeping it, protecting it, and doing right by yourself in the process. Natalie, something that you said to me last week that really stuck with me was about life by design versus default. Can you explain to us what that means? We all have a prenup. We all have a will, and it's called the laws of the state in which we decide to be a resident. And my guess is many people watching this podcast probably do not even know how the heck to look up those laws. Right. So we're prescribing to these things that we do not know exist or what they are. Okay. So we're going to scratch that living by default. That's for basic B's of which we are not. And we're going to up level ourselves to a life by design, which means we get to be the legislator. We get to create our own law for the way in which we want to live. Obsessed with that. I think that's so important because I really feel like prenups have gotten a bad rap. They've been associated with rich and famous or uber wealthy, but this is really an opportunity for women, especially to design how they want their marriage to go. Because as you say, this is not just a romantic relationship. This is the marriage of the finance and the romance, right? Absolutely, Amber. And here's the thing, whether you're getting married or not, even if you're cohabitating with a person, it may be even more important for you to put something on paper because what happens if that person croaks? Right. Are you going to be able to stay in the house that you furnished, that you pay for? These are things we don't think about. We don't ever want to think about, oh, the person I love is ever going to die. We're all going to die. Right. We don't know when, we don't know how. Are we going to protect ourselves in the what if situation? What if you find your partner cheating on you? What are you going to do? If you share expenses and that's the only way you're able to make ends meet, who's the person who ends up paying? Right. 
Absolutely. I think it's so important that we talk about this openly. And I'm so appreciative, Natalie, for you being here because you're really giving women the vocabulary and the knowledge about what questions to even ask, right? So just as a reminder to the audience, this is not legal advice. This is for educational purposes, and we are here to be educated. So Natalie, can you break down for us some of the terms that would be covered in a prenuptial agreement and what we should be looking out for? Sure. So look, a prenup is an, an opportunity, and I just want to preface that a prenup and a postnup are basically the same thing. The difference is when it happens. Is it before the marriage prenup? Is it after the marriage postnup? Same kind of document. It's an agreement with your new partner in life as to how things are going to go. Does that mean financial? Yes, it does. Who gets what in the event of and at what benchmarks? For example, I've negotiated some prenups every year husband is putting X amount into their joint assets. Okay. And that is a requirement by the document. Mm -hmm. There are other prenups that are like, look, we're, we're just going to reaffirm that everything is community property. Here's the beauty. There is no one size fits all. You get to be the determiner of the law that you want to abide by. It's your private constitution. Now, the reason that I was on the daily show was actually by accident. Good Morning America was in my place. I was I was very pregnant with my second one. And we were talking about the concept of a baby prenup. And through that baby prenup, we were not just talking money. We were talking who wipes the butts, who <laughs> grandparents have access, how much, who's giving up most of their time to the child rearing. And these are all things that can also be put into a prenup because it is a document. Now, Trevor Noah picked that up and, and made fun of us saying the latest and white people <laughs> child rearing baby prenups. I was so happy. You can't buy media that good, right? Right. But here's the deal. It's a joke to a single man who's like, by the way, if it's the default, he gets to do nothing and everything falls on the woman. And we're not living like that because we're also expected to be perfectly made up, perfect mm -hmm. at all times, earners, empowered women, making all this money. And then you also expect us to wake up every night and be the only one wiping the butts. 100% no. I love that. And I have to say to the audience too, this clip from The Daily Show, I saw it in your sizzle reel, Natalie. You have to watch it. I will link it in the show notes because I think it's such an important concept. Like, do you want to just default or do you want to take control of how your life is going to look with your partner? And I don't think there's anything more empowering than that. So I love that you brought that up. It was great, Amber. It was, it was really funny because all these guy friends of ours started texting us like, I saw you on TV. And I'm like, why are you watching Good Morning America? <laughs> then we realized what had happened. <laughs> so great. I love that. I my As you know, my partner is an attorney too. And he always says, contracts keep friends. And in this case, contracts keep spouses happy. So I think that's amazing. And I love that that was a specific time in your life that you wrote that. Now, what other things should people be looking out for other than who's wiping butts and changing diapers? What are some of the general terms that you would have women like, keep an eye out for in a pre or post-nup agreement? Okay. Number one, can you contract around the prenup with further wills and living trusts? Because what you get day one on the marriage should be different than what you get year 20. Number two, are they required to purchase the correct insurances mm -hmm. to protect your life, such as life insurance in the God forbid instance, long-term mm -hmm. care, 
Statistically, nine out of 10 of us survive our spouses. Ladies, we do not want to have to put all the dollars we've earned into protecting and and preserving that spouse. They go, then what's left for you? You still got to live as well, darling. Right. You need to make sure all that is in place. Now, further, business, okay? Mm -hmm. Who's the owner of the business? Because mm-hmm. who gets to keep it in the event of a heaven forbid scenario? No one wants to think this way, but reality is 50% of the time or more, it does happen. And here's the deal, Amber. Look, it's understandable. You're not the same person you were five years ago as an individual human being. Right. Do you think you can be the same person after popping out two kids and <laughs> moving? This? You know, it just, you change. Is that person changing with you? It's not like, I hate you. It's truly, are we growing together? Are we growing apart? Mm-hmm. And that document needs to be fairly assessing the situation, okay? In right. the event you go awry, here's what happens. Because the best time to negotiate a business partnership is in the beginning when it's really good, not when it's all gone to hell. Right. I love that. Now, before we kind of touch on some of these other topics, and we have had so much interest from our audience, people that want to ask you specific questions, but would you say, is there anyone out there who doesn't need a prenup? Look, if you, you know, if the person, the two of you are coming into the marriage and saying, neither of us have anything, it's it's you and me, baby, against the world, we're building it all together, we're starting our business together, everything is, then that's fine. The law specifically states what happens. Everything is part of the community property, at least in a place like California, and you'll get 50-50. Yeah. If you're coming in with, I have family money, I have my own money. He's got family money. He's got his own money or some mix of that quadrant. You need to have the conversation. You need to put it on paper. Otherwise, the few shekels you will save and not having a prenup will cost you potentially millions in the divorce proceeding. Right. Amber, the stress of going through with your life partner or you thought was your life partner ends it up to be just a partial life partner. Right. And the immense stress the person goes through during that time to add on the not knowing of what you'll get financially, just don't do it to yourself. Oh, that is just, there's no price you can put on peace. I could not agree with that more. I, I got shivers as you said that. I mean, literally you are contracting to your peace and here's the beautiful thing. If it no longer works for you five years down the road from when you originally signed it, you can renegotiate terms. Right. Oh, I love that. That's a great point. It's not set in stone forever. You can continue to revisit this with your partner as things change. You can't. I mean, like, look, will they love it if they all... (laughs) But but the fact is you have a voice, right? And Mm -hmm. and you don't have to... Like, slavery is not legal. Thank God. You don't Mm -hmm. have to be in a position where you're enslaved by this person because of a bad deal you made when you were a kid. Yeah. I love that. And speaking of having a voice, this is something that I think is so important that we touch on too, is just having these conversations and the resistance around having these conversations. They can feel scary. It can feel like you might lose your partner. It might feel like they're going to judge you or you feel unsure, unsafe in the conversation. What kind of advice would you give women who are nervous about having these big picture conversations with their partners? If you are the money spouse coming to the table and you have a conversation about prenup and your partner balks, honey, he just turned these red flags, burgundy, 
run the other way. He's doing you a favor. You can have kids with a lot of people or by yourself. Um, if that person has shown you who they are going to be before there was a commitment, thank them and move on. I love that. Tim Ferriss says there is a direct correlation to the number of difficult conversations you'll have and your success. And I think this is one of those examples of, can you get uncomfortable to make sure that you're going into this with eyes wide open and not glazing over these potential red flags, beige flags, whatever flags you might see in your partner, because you're so in love. And one of the things I want you to touch on Natalie too, is debt. What does that look like? Whether it's student loan debt, consumer debt, as you're entering into a marriage, who's responsible for that? And how do you make sure that you don't take on your partner's debt? So typically debt that's acquired during the marriage is considered community debt. Debt that is acquired before the marriage is separate debt, but you want to keep that separate. You never, ever want to be on the hook for that. So you certainly want to include that as a provision in your prenup. I love that. Okay. So what about if you are a woman and you are presented with a prenup? Can you talk about like, do I need to get a different attorney as this woman? What should I be looking for? What do I do if I'm presented with one and wasn't expecting it? Well, if you weren't expecting it, that's a bigger issue. Yeah, totally. Right. <laughs> you, know, so you need to have the conversation with your spouse and, and really understand where this is coming from. And then you have to not take it personally. If it's coming from the family, because the family has the money, mm-hmm. you have to understand that's just a part of doing business with them. Right. That is what you're doing. You're going into a business deal with this family. And no matter how wonderful you are, no matter how beautiful you are, no matter how many things you have going for you, mm-hmm. you're an outsider to this family with mm-hmm. astronomical wealth and intends to keep it. Don't take it personally. Remember the four agreements. It's not personal. Yes. Then you must, must, must have your own attorney. Okay. You like the first presentation It's just an opening offer. Mm -hmm. When you go to buy a house, it's an opening offer. That's what this is. Right. Through it, you go through with your attorney and you make sure you understand what the heck does this mean? Okay. Mm -hmm. Once you understand it, you have a decision tree. Yes, Mm -hmm. no. Can I live with this? Yes, no. Right. And you may have that about certain number of issues in the prenup. Mm -hmm. You go through one by one and it's a negotiation. We got to put on our big girl pants and we got to come to the table ready to negotiate. Okay. If that that ruins the potential marriage, it's a possibility. Right. And it's a tough one. And you have to be honest with yourself of how much am I willing to give or give up on to enter this marriage? Now, look, if it's what he's saying is everything that my family built is separate. That's what the default law says too. And if you're not okay with that, then maybe you should be questioning like, am I in this for the right reasons? Great point. I love that. The other side of the coin. Right. Look, you're entering this relationship with another human being that you're coming in at a level where you're basically saying our hearts become one, our souls become one, our families become one, our lives become one. And if you're just thinking me, 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 me the whole time, then maybe the priorities are just not right. And if he's thinking that or she or whoever's on the other side, I think it's a very telling moment. I love Uh, that. Yeah. It's not what people want to hear, right? I mean, it's not roses and everything is perfect. Unfortunately, 
it's, it's a hard relationship to maintain for your whole life. Yeah. I love that. That's a great thing to think about too, is really getting reflective as you are entering again, a business relationship, right? It's like, what are the assets that you bring to the table? What is the, what's already existing? What are we building together and really weighing that objectively. Now, another scenario that was sent in, somebody would love to get your take on if you are a woman moving in with a man who owns his home, but there isn't any commitment about what's happening with that relationship. How would you handle that as that conversation moves forward? Look, on one hand, you have a rent-free life. Beautiful. On the other hand, you're not getting to be an owner of that property. Not going to happen. Are you okay with that? Right. If the answer is no, then you need to have a conversation about commitment. Yeah. And if he's not willing to do it, then just understand what your deal is. And your deal is, I get to have a rent-free life. Not terrible. Not yeah. terrible. <laughs> Not <bad> terrible. <laughs> and what about common law marriage? This whole like Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell thing. Is that even a thing in California anymore? What's, what's it depends the on the state. Um, you know, the, the issue is today, Amber, people are really smart. And people, especially with money, know how to get the right advice. So if someone's waiting, like he's not putting a ring on it, but that ain't going to happen. That That is a very determined, like someone knows what they're getting into when they do that. And realistically, I just don't see that for our generation being a thing. Mm-hmm. And many states don't even have common law. Right. And I think it's really interesting you said that too about our generation. You know, I was reading some studies um, in preparing for this show. And one of the things they found in a Harris poll was that 66% of people on the dating app, The League, who responded to a questionnaire said prenups are something that they're open to. And 47% of millennials and 41% of Gen Z respondents who are engaged or have been married said they've entered into a prenup. And I have to happen to think this might be because people are getting married a little bit later in life. So they might have some assets on their own now, but how would you handle something if you had uh, two people that were entering into a marriage and one person has started a business that maybe hasn't taken off yet? How do they kind of protect themselves as that's their business, their asset, and maybe this other person just isn't contributing in that way? What would you advise on that? So it would depend on who I represent. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) <laughs> because if it was the person who um, started the business that I'd say, well, that is separate. And if it's the other person, I'd say, well, they're the ones who are going to be supporting the home and giving you it. And so I can make the argument either way, which is what every good lawyer should say. So okay. smart. Yeah. Here's the deal. You are entering a life with this person. Can you contract around things? Can you, you can do anything under the sun. The question is, if this business hits Hmm. and that other person who has been there, wiping the bots, keeping the home, doing their thing, supporting Mm -hmm. in every way, is not then a participant in that success, will that lead to your happiness and success as a couple? Oh, yes. Powerful stuff. I love that. So, you know, look, the law is just one little thing, but really, let's get down to it. It's about the love. It's about the emotion. and. You have to put yourself in the other person's shoes. If they're going to resent you and hate you because you didn't do the right thing, is a few extra dollars to you worth losing everything else? 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a great, again, the other side of the coin. And I love how you phrased it too. Depends on who I'm representing. I think that's a really important thing for women to consider what side of the coin you're on or what role you play in the partnership. So I love that so much. And the last question our audience wanted your opinion on to touch on was this function of sharing money and joint accounts. Now, again, I was looking at this study and this was a longitudinal randomized controlled trial. And I thought this was so interesting. They studied a bunch of different newlyweds and they automatically assigned either keep your money in separate accounts or combine your accounts. And what they found in the study that was just published this year, and I will link it in the show notes, was that the effect of the bank account structure on the relationship quality mattered. And what they saw was that people who merged their money into a joint account actually sustained a stronger relationship quality. And the people who had separate accounts exhibited a normative decline in relationship quality. The thesis of this study was that they felt like it was improving how partners felt like they communicated about money when they shared their money in account. And it also promoted financial goal alignment. Basically, they couldn't hide behind their own separate accounts. Now, I think I know what your comment's going to be to this, Natalie, but what's your take on this for couples? Do you have any advice for them on how to best manage their finances and contractually outline that before they even get started? So from my attorney hat, keep it separate, keep it protected, keep, you know. And there's certainly place a place for separate accounts. There, in my opinion, must be joint accounts in addition to. Mm-hmm. And from a married woman perspective, so removing my legal hat, right? There was no doubt in my mind that that study is a hundred percent on. And I want to know that my partner is in with me one thousand percent, and we right. got this against the world. So look. Amber, it's easy to say, well, this is what the law, you know, what the law <laughs> is a nuance of our life. Right. And what I want more than for someone to have a prenup is for someone to have a happy life. Right. So that's all the juggling we do as human beings. And I, I think having a joint account at the very least is an absolute requirement. Um, I think that couples who have joint accounts and who look at this as we are together as a unit. Mm-hmm. end up in happier lives and relationships. Does that mean you can lose the amount of money you put into that joint account and it be split even though it was technically separate? It does. But then remember, that's what you signed up for. Right. I it's love that. a marriage. Not, a marriage is a legal relationship. It is not just one based on love. Oh, I love that so much. And just, you know, you mentioned something earlier, and I think this will be the last legal question that I ask you before we jump into some of our rapid fire rich girl questions, because I want to learn more about you. Because speaking of the marriage of love and finances, I'm in love with you. But <laughs> I love you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> when we're talking about, you know, the investment upfront of drafting a prenup or hiring an attorney and spending that money now to protect yourself down the line. Can you give our listeners an idea of the range of amount of money they should be looking to spend with or invest, I would say not spend, invest in themselves in setting these contracts up before going into marriage? What What's the range we should be looking at here? So look, it really depends, okay? I've seen anywhere from five to 50 to more because it, again, it's all a percentage, right? It's all based on how complex is this relationship? Are you mm-hmm. married to someone who's worth a hundred mil? Are you worth a hundred mil? 
or you married to someone who's worth 500 pounds. Those should have very different price points attached. Right. Because the level of complexity should not be with a half a million, the same as it is with 50 million or a hundred million. Right. So it's all about that. And, and it's really like, you know, what they say is a, a pound of cure, right? So you want to just, whatever amount you spend will be well worth because it's typically in direct relation to how much you're worth. And in the event you're worth more, divorce is just going to cost you that much more without a document. 100%. I love it. All right, girlie. Well, I know you're busy. So before I let you go, I want to get some of your favorite things right now. So let's do some of our rapid fire rich girl questions. You ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Tell me your favorite place to vacation. Somewhere I haven't been yet. Ooh, I love that. What about the best investment you've ever made? In yourself, you got to feel good. When you feel good, you look good. When you look good, you resonate and you bring things in. And by the way, it's all through that vibrational energy that you attract. I believe it. It's the reality. Invest in you. I love that. When you say vibration, my audience is like, oh, Amber, that's why you're obsessed with Natalie. She gets it. (laughs) It's a spiritual game. We're just mere mortals playing it. Couldn't agree more. What is your guilty pleasure? TikTok. Oh, <laughs> you and me both, sis. What is some advice you would give your 21-year-old self? Mm. Do you know how amazing you are? Don't you dare settle for someone who's not even willing to give you the bare minimum. Stunning. And last one, what in your life, Natalie, makes you feel the wealthiest? My kiddos. Oh, I love them. And how old are your kids? Uh, almost four and five years old. Oh, obsessed. I'm obsessed with you. Everyone, I want you to go find Natalie Alicia Gold online. You guys, if you've never seen a real LinkedIn influencer, this is it. She is all over that. She is crushing it. Natalie, where can people find you online? How can they get connected with you after the show? Thank you. I'm at goldbergllp.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Natalie Alicia Goldberg. Happy to help in any way I can. And remember, ladies, This is our moment to shine. And with that comes certain obligations to rise up and embrace the things that have been used against us for generations. And now we're using it as our tools of influence. Obsessed. Such a good closing to the show. Natalie, thank you again for being here. We're going to have to have you come back on and break down wills and trusts and estate planning, the whole nine yards, because there's so much more to learn. You are a wealth of knowledge. Thank you again so much for spending your time with us. Appreciate you beyond. Thank you, Amber. Wonderful, wonderful time. Feeling rich? I hope so. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Old Money. If you have questions you want answered, email me at oldmoneypodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social. We are at Old Money Podcast and I am at your service. If this episode spoke to you, inspired you, helped you, if you took a single note, it would mean the world to me if you could please just take a minute to rate and review the podcast. And if you're not doing so already, subscribe. And if you have friends who like getting rich, please share this episode with them, even if it's just on your Instagram story. And I'd love you more than Jeff Bezos loves Amazon Prime. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you on the next episode. Remember, I'm not your lawyer, I'm not your tax professional, and I'm not your financial advisor. The content presented in this podcast is intended to entertain, educate, inspire, and support listeners in their personal and professional development and does not constitute business, financial, or legal advice. In addition to that, this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. 